everybody, welcome to Mass Sculpting, episode 15, August 30th, 2011. Trevor Isham, as always, I'm here with Wally Bullard. How's it going? And uh, we're bringing you Innistrad part two today. A few more spoilers came out exactly right after we podcasted, basically. <laughs> so, um, before we get into that, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the deck, uh, mostly deck, that we've been playing. Uh, it's a little Bant Pod brew uh, that's uh, a little original. I kind of combined a couple lists together and uh, and came up with this list that Wally and I have been rocking. Um, so, Wally, what are your thoughts? Uh, so far, so good. It's it's more fun than I've had playing Magic in a while. Um, and it, it's still skill-intensive because you have to know what to get in each situation. Um, so it's not just like, oh, we pot up, like, right? Because you're not always just ramping into the next guy. It's, it is relevant, you know, when you hit each spell and, and stuff like that. So it's exciting in that sense. Um, but it's fun. It's not just, you know, like it doesn't play counterspells main, which is weird, um, for a blue deck that either of us would play that we wouldn't start with. You know, four preordain and some amount of mana leaks, but we were pulling it off. But it's fun. I mean, it does. Like the definition of a good deck is it lets you do broken things, right? I mean, it's something we've talked talked about quite a bit, and I mean, that's what this deck does. You know, it lets you kill your own worm coil engine, get two tokens, and turn them into five fives with Elish Horn. I mean, if that's not busted, I don't know what is. Yeah, there's there's a lot of fun interactions, and and like the deck came out of, I mean, it really came out of the TCG player, and like I think me kind of being a little bit frustrated with my choices, like not really having fun playing Cobblade anymore, and blue black control was cool, but it wasn't really like exciting. It was just like really controlling, manipulative. <laughs> And so I wanted a deck that kind of was took a more proactive approach. And I found this Bampod list, and it looked kind of cool, kind of fun. And I started playing it more and more, and I realized that it was really like a controlling Bampod. And um, we'll put the deck list up on the, uh, on the website so you guys can all check it out. Um, but yeah, so it, a lot of fun. Really the interaction that I think puts it over the top and the reason I would recommend it is Sun Titan Phantasmal Image and basically being able to copy like some kind of a 5 drop like either Acidic Slime or Archon of Justice and then you sack the the copied you know the uh, Phantasmal Image uh, version to Birthing Pod to go get Sun Titan which then returns the Phantasmal Image and then you can you know copy whatever you want like maybe Archon again maybe Sun Titan, um, and then you can actually stack that copy of Sun Titan version to go get, um, you know, Elish Norn if you want, and then attack, you know, with Sun Titan returning Phantasmal Image, copying something sweet. <laughs> so it's just really that interaction interaction that uh, is just awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's... That, I mean, Phantasmal Image is an amazing card. Um... I mean, it, it really does. Like, if, if you have a Phantasmal image in your hand and they five drop in play, like, it just doesn't feel like you can lose because you can do, 
you can, you know, copy your acidic slime and then sack the copy to go get a Sun Titan to bring it back, copying acidic slime and blowing up another, another land. Um, I mean, you can go infinite, all but infinite, right, on land destruction and, uh, like, creature remo- or, like, permanent removal because of Archon of Justice. Yeah, I mean, like, the game... let you do whatever you want. Like, the game I had against my brother, he was playing Valakit, which I think isn't... Like, it's not a great matchup for us. Uh, but anyway, like, I, like, ramped up turn one and two, and then, like, turn three, Acidic Slime, turn four, like, Phantasmal Image, plus uh, Phyrexian Manamorph, both copying Acidic Slime, so I was just, like, you know, he had no lands, and then I got a Birthing Pot out, and so he was not going to have any lands for the rest of the game, <laughs> which is just, like, really broken <laughs> yeah. um, when you think about it. So, um... Yeah, it just it does a lot of really fun stuff, and it really showcases the power of Birthing Pod, which I think is actually just like an insane card. And if you haven't played with it yet, you you need to at least try it out or know how it works, because um, I think you're going to be seeing a lot more of it. Yeah, I've had a lot of people like since I've been playing it, kind of stop me, like when I'm activating. I'm like, oh, you don't know what this does? I'm like, let me show you, you know. <laughs> And then they're shocked, and you get into the discussion of, well, your Phantasmal Image is a 2. I'm like, no, it's actually an Acidic Slime. So it's a, you know, it's a 5. Yeah. But it's fun, like, and as I play it, like, it's just so much fun. Like, I played a game against, like, a Red Deck Wins the other day, and uh, got down to 2 life, and I was like, oh, man, and I only had one green source. And so I absolutely, like, I had Acidic Slime in my hand, and I was like, well, I can go with this, and then I can, you know, play with my four next after I, you know, save myself a little bit, and I'm fine, you know. But I have to sack a fence land to do it, and so I get down to one, and then just completely stabilize and come back and just crush. Cause I end up getting, you know, after I have a five out, that I can go get worm coil engine and start just like beating, and I mean, it's fun, like. It's a really fun, like, if you want to play a deck that's control and aggro and combo, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely all three of those decks. If you don't know what you like to play, play Bantpod because it's all of them. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, like I said, the deck kind of came out of, like, us not really liking Cobblade anymore, and, you know, just looking for something new to play, and I think it, like, really invigorated me in, like, picking up, you know, like, playing Magic more and playing Standard a little bit more. Um, it's just super fun. Like, there's a lot of fun interactions. Um, you're being proactive, uh, and it's just cool. It's just a cool deck. So we definitely recommend it. Uh, if you have the cards to put it together, it's actually not like bonkers expensive. Like, it's, it's a little bit of money, but yeah, you can I mean, do you it. You buy Misty Rainforest, right? And then after that, it's like yeah. And I mean, if you don't even want to. Yeah, like, and you don't. You might not even invest in the Misties right now, like. You know, just maybe kind of accumulate some of the other cards. Like, I think Phantasmal Image is going to be a staple in all formats for a long time. Yeah, it's it's right about $6. Yeah, I think... Right now, and I, I don't see it dropping um, anytime soon, no. so invest now. Yeah. Uh, Birthing okay. Pod seems like it's going to be a staple for a very long time. Um, it's in modern decks, actually. Like, there's been a lot of modern builds with it. I'm not saying it's good, but they're playing with it. It's that good, <laughs> at least. I mean, it, it's good enough to make people think that it should be played in a yeah. in an eternal format. Yeah. So. Um, and then, 
Yeah, and then, like, if you don't want to buy the Misties, like, I would just wait a little bit, wait for Innistrad, and, you know, there's enemy colored duels coming out, so you can pick up your enemy colored duels and, uh, and, and rock those instead of the Misties, which is fine. Um, so, yeah, so. Yeah, and, and that leads to the, the thought of the black-green birthing pod deck, which is awesome. Yeah, um, so the black-green deck actually, was, it took um, fourth place or third yeah. place at TCG yeah. player. Yeah, the 3-4 spot. He and uh, the guy that played that now, Alex Burton split third place. Right, right, which is probably smart because Alex Burton would have gotten crushed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's lucky he was offered the split because that deck just absolutely annihilates Godly. Yeah, plays, so you can look up the list on the TCG Player website. He also wrote an article for it for TCG Player, and we'll put it on the show notes. But it's a black-green deck that basically ends in Massacre Worm, and Massacre Worm is just a massacre against Godly because all their little 1-1s just get eaten, and then it leaves like their Ameri Angels pretty worthless. Uh, and yeah, sometimes they're just, it's just usually they're dead. Damage when all their one ones die. Yeah, like sometimes they just die, like on the spot as soon as you you know put it in play. Um, so yeah, so it just does it does some cool stuff. Uh, ramps pretty well. Uh, has a lot of answers for different decks, and uh, and it's definitely another just another pod deck. Like just pod decks in general are sweet now. Like my playtest group here in Chicago, they run a rug pod, uh, rug no no twin, so no splinter twin combo. But they love yeah. it. Like it's a super aggressive build with, you know, heroes of Oxid Ridge and Obstinate Bayloth and all sorts of stuff that just gets into the red zone. So it's like the the Patrick Chapin build from yeah, National. exactly. Yeah, really similar, really similar. So really aggressive Inferno Titan. Um, yeah, yeah heroes. Can, uh, in a deck like that, it feels like you can never have too many Inferno Titans. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, they they like the Inferno, uh, the Lotus Cobra, um, stuff like that. So it, it kind of gets some a quick clock in there. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So anyway, I guess we're just recommending Birthing Pod. If you haven't tried it out, try it out. It's super fun. It's about the only green card I think I have recommended ever. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so. Uh, some people have even said it feels like Jace the Mind Sculptor, and in some ways I agree, because in the way that Jace was a toolbox, um, Birthing Pot is essentially a, like a similar toolbox. Like, hey, I need a removal spell. Okay, like, with Jace, it was like, okay, I'll just bounce your guy. Or, you know, I can dig with Brainstorm. Um, with, you know, Birthing Pot deck, it's like, okay, I'll sack this guy, which then gets this guy, and then that's my removal spell. Or I'll sack this guy, which gets... You know, I'll sack a two drop to get the Cerex arc. I'll sack that to get a four drop, which is like an opposite bailout, which gains me life, which I'm back in the game now. You know, like yep. et cetera, et cetera. Like you can just kind of you get what you need, and that's what Jace did. And that's what that's honestly what Birthing Pod feels like. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's and and at some points it's even you know to the point of, of Jace where it's it's drawing you cards. Cause, like you sack your two into a Seagate Oracle. And it's just insane what you can do. Yeah. You know? Like, you, you see Gate, you see, like, you know, you, you draw, you look at your top two, and, like, you know, more often than not, when I've played it, it's like, you get, like, a, your five, a six, or your six drops, you know, and you're like, oh, that goes to the bottom, because I'm just going to go get it in a minute, you know? But yeah. you don't need it. So it lets you, instead of, like, oh, man, I need to keep this bomb, 
you know, that I have the potential to draw because I'm going to lose if I don't get to play it. Yeah. To, well, I'll, I'll take this, like, preordain and then just pot into my bo- into my bomb in a couple of turns yeah, and exactly. rush with it. Yeah, it's funny how many times, like, I preordain and or ponder or whatever, and they really want to shuffle because, like, I see, like, a worm coil engine, which is funny, he's, like, almost, like, normally, like, all right, yeah, I want to draw that. But with Birthing Pod, you're always like, no, nah, I don't really want that in my hand. Like, <laughs> I'm going to get that for free. <laughs> yeah, I have had to cash the old root out of my hand. But it's also not an issue to hit seven mana. Like, the deck yeah. just stops. You mean Elishnorn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if the deck just stops what your opponent is doing long enough for you to hit that... Oh yeah, oh no, yeah. I, I, the mana is like actually phenomenal considering there's only 23 lands. Like it's actually really good. Yeah, I, I have no problem with it. I, I think it has a lot to do with the, you know, ponder and preordain effects that the deck plays. Because I know the list you run is three and three, and I'm four ponders and two preordains, and it's just awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. So on that note. Ponder is awesome if you have eight or more shuffle effects in your deck. <laughs> yeah, which we have a lot more in eight considering Birthing Pod is like. Birthing Pod is a shuffle effect. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, I think we recommend uh, Bant Pod for sure. Um, plus, it's kind of cool because I've always wanted to play a Bant deck because it's my favorite shard of Alara, and I've never been able to, so now I can, which has been awesome. So. <laughs> One more shout out for for playing Bant because I've never been able to. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so I'll throw a link in the show notes. You guys can check out that list. Uh, let us know what you think, and I hope you uh, maybe can do well with it. Um, so let's jump into Innistrad. Uh, we've had a few more spoilers. Uh, we know some of the mechanics. I wrote a short article on some of the mechanics and some cards. We had a few more spoiled today and yesterday. Um, so while I want you to start us out, and we'll talk, we'll start out talking a little bit about the mechanics of Innistrad, and let's let's um, let's assume no one has heard them yet. So you know, we'll just kind of go through not not too long, but just what are they? Um, have we seen them before? And you know, how how standard relevant are they going to be? All right. Well, we'll start with uh, the one we have seen before, Flashback, um, which for for an additional cost. You can play the card from your graveyard and then exile it. So, um, like, the first card that was spoiled with this was Devil's Play, which on the surface is Fireball, um, X in red to deal X damage to target feature player. But the flashback cost is three red, I think. Yeah, three red and X. And you can cast it from your graveyard um, and then exile it. So it's essentially two Fireballs for the price of one which seems really good and limited. Yeah, so Flashback saw significant play the last time it was in, you know, a mechanic and in, in limited and, and constructed, you know, standard. Um, I think so far this is probably the best one. Like, the other ones are um, an unsummon for uh, one, which is which is fine. It's, it's at sorcery speed, one blue. And then for Flashback, it costs five. To, to do an unsummon again uh, for for uh, colorless and one blue, so you know, like that's a good one too. In uh, limited, that's actually really good. Um, it's just a great tempo play, and it's a great way to gain card advantage over your opponent. And that's kind of like one of the best things Flashback does is the card advantage it represents. 
um, because you're basically getting to cast two spells um, for the price of one card draw. So anytime you're able to do that, um, that's good. And the way we were talking about Stoneforge Mystic, you know, you got two cards uh, for the price of, of one card that you've drawn into your hand. And Flashback does a very similar thing, uh, except it's only it's only uh, sorceries and instants. So, but you get you know two effects for one card. Um, yes, so far we haven't seen one. I think that's like, yeah, the best one is the one that Wally read Devil's Play probably so far. Um, but like we haven't seen anything that's like super like oh my god that's gonna make big waves in the standard. But the fact that the mechanic exists is pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing particularly that I've seen that I'm excited about. Like, there's the one that, and I don't know where I read it, but it puts a creature on top of your opponent's deck. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a sorcery and it's slow and. It is um, grasp of phantoms. It costs yeah. three colorless and a blue. Put target I mean, creature on top. If that were an instant, it'd be awesome. Yeah, and then you can um, flash it back for seven colorless and a blue. So, you know, like, kind of a prohibitive flashback cost. Um, and, like, a prohibitive first cost, too. But, I mean, that's kind of what they have to do. Otherwise, you know, because of the card value, like, the value and the richness of flashback, like, they have to make the cost pretty prohibitive. Yeah, so, I, it just it feels that if it were an instant, it would see play. And since yeah, it's not... Um, yeah, so we're really looking for play. something like... You know, like black and three destroy target. You know, non-black creature, and then like black and four. You know, flashback. Like in at instant speed. Like that's kind of the thing I, I think that has like the possibility of of uh, of becoming like standard relevant. Yeah. Because then you know you're only paying one more man than Doomblade, but you're getting multiple uses out of it. So it just becomes a lot more relevant for standard purposes. Um, the next mechanic, which I think we've only seen one card that has it so far, maybe more, but is Morbid? There's two. Right, two. So There's the demon. Basically, if a creature... Morbid is like landfall, and it just exists or it doesn't exist. <coughs> like it either happened or it didn't. And Morbid is if a creature died on your turn, then Morbid is in play. And other creatures or other cards have effects that will, you know, be enhanced when Morbid happens. So the the one we have is a is a green guy, right? Where is he? Yeah. Oh yeah, Hollow, a green one that Yeah, Hollow um, Hen Scavenger. Life. Yeah, Hollow Hen Scavenger costs three and green green. He's a creature elemental, he's a four or five. And he is morbid. When Hollowhenge Scavenger enters the battlefield, if a creature died this turn, you gain five life. So, um, it's a little interesting. And then I think the other one's black, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's Reaper of the Abyss. It's three triple black. Uh, it's a demon with flying. It's a 6-6. Six, six. Um, and it's morbid. It's at the beginning of each end step, if a creature died this turn, Doomblade. Or no, destroy target non-demon creature. Not yeah, black, it's not better than creature. Doomblade. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, so what, what makes this uh, it's an interesting mechanic, because I kind of wrote about this, is that in combination with Bloodthirst especially, 
it makes like blocking and choosing when to block like really interesting because the board could kind of be um, you know Wally has a 3-3 three, three, and I have a 2-2 two, two, and like let's say we're playing standard which is you know a little odd but let's just say that's the situation and like I bash you know I bash so Wally's like okay like this is weird you know my all my mana is untapped and he's like alright you know uh, so he might have a trick, which is like what you always think, or he might be trying to get bloodthirst on by bluffing a trick, right? Um, yeah. So then or you're like, well, die die. yeah. So then you're kind of like, all right, well, I guess you know maybe I'll block to stop bloodthirst, you know, or I just want my guy to die because I want to get this morbid bonus, you know, and like so so far we haven't like this rebirth in the abyss is obviously awesome. He's like, I get to attack, my guy dies, and I play this. And then that kill your guy anyway. So, and then if you don't block, like, maybe I just drop, like, a Stormblood Berserker with Bloodthirst. And now, you know, you're, like, way behind. Yeah. So it's kind of, like, it makes it for a lot of, like, more interesting decisions when it comes to attacking and blocking and stuff like that. So I just think it's an interesting play with Bloodthirst just being in the last set. Yeah. Uh, but so we haven't seen much on that. Um, like uh, obviously the Reaper is like super powerful. It's it's like a it's a mythic rare too. So you know it's going to be one of the features of the set. Um, it's pretty black. It's you know it's triple black and three for a six six flying demon. Uh, but its ability is amazing. And like I'm going to get one of these in my commander deck for sure. Okay. So yeah, I mean that it just seems really sweet. So that that's definitely going in the commander deck. Um, but yeah, any any other thoughts on Morbid? Uh, I think they they've left themselves some design space. Um, you know, like as the the storyline progresses, and you know, hopefully more of these evil creatures come around. Like maybe if a creature died, you know, like Grave Dig or something. Like that could be kind of like a like a ridiculous creature. But like the idea is like if you have like this big mythic. Even. Like, maybe he brings stuff back from the dead if stuff dies. Yeah. Well, I think there's the, just a lot of good design space left. Yeah. The flavor is great on Morbid, because it's like, um, they really want to enhance this. Well, first of all, they changed M12 to be dies, which I think was, like, in anticipation of Innistrad. And I think they really want to make the flavor of it, like, death isn't the end on this plane of Innistrad. Like, it should be, and like humans want it to be. That's the national, like natural progression of things. But it's it's just like an event on the plane. It's not like an end. Yeah, and like stuff just dies, and then you and know, then, hopefully, like and they, they talk about it on the planeswalker guide to Innistrad, and like hopefully, you know, yeah, they you, don't you don't come back. Yeah, you just stay dead. Yeah, like nothing triggers. Like you just kind of pass away. But now they've had this morbid, you know, literally this morbid feeling. <laughs> yeah, like, death is, like, super meaningful on this plane. And, you know, it could have lots of different connotations, whether it's good, whether it's bad. You know, are more things going to die because you died or, or less things going to die. I think it's, it's pretty cool from a flavor standpoint of kind of setting up the horror theme of the set. Yeah, I agree. So, and the Reaper, to have Morbid on it, is, is awesome. It's just kind of, like, really embracing, you know, the idea of the set, too. So I think it was a great card to spoil, and, and looks like a fun card to play. 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to see... I mean, it's a, it's a limited bomb. Um, I mean, constructed, like, you saw it, it still has to be a Grave Titan. Yeah, right? yeah, which, for which sure. just kills everything anyway. Yeah, I mean, once again, is my problem with the Titans is that... Yeah, I don't want to get into it, but, I mean, basically having the Titans in the set makes this card, like, you know, close to unplayable, which is unfortunate because, you know, in standard, like, because I think this card is really fun, and it would create a lot of great interactions, uh, but the six drops are just so defined that, uh, that this card won't see as much play as it should. Yeah, I agree. So, Alright, so that brings us to kind of the the biggest mechanic, the biggest change, um, the thing that Eh, to put it bluntly, most people are freaking out about <laughs> whether they're super excited or super upset or somewhere in between is this new mechanic which they're choosing to call Transform. Now, what is Transform? Um, actually, if you give me 30 seconds here, I'm going to go to the official wizard's explanation of Transform. Oops, so that you guys can yeah, get exactly what it is. But essentially, they want to stick again. This is a top-down design set. We've talked about it before. And they wanted to get a feeling for these werewolves, basically, that transformed. And they were human one time, and, you know, werewolves the next, right? Mm -hmm. So anyway, so they came up with Transform, and they came up with double-faced cards. Uh, this isn't two-faced cards. This isn't... Um, flipped cards. It's actually double-faced, so the card will not have a Magic the Gathering logo on the back. Um, it will have one card and one like creature on one side and another creature on the other side. Um, so let's just, I think the best way to do it, I'm going to put a link on the show notes to the cards, is let's just start by talking about a card. I think that's the best way for people to understand it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of confusing to talk about other words. So let's start out with a simple one. Let's go with Gottstoff Shepherd, uh, which is one colorless and one green, and it's a creature human werewolf. He's an uncommon, and he's a 2-2. And at the beginning of each upkeep, if no spells were cast last turn, transform Gustav Shepherd. So, I got this card in my hand, right? I play it, and then um, I guess you go, and you play a land, and you say go. So then during my upkeep, because you didn't cast any spells on the last turn, you transform him, which means you literally, if you're playing in a sleeve, take the card out of the sleeve, turn it over, and there's a card. there's another card, another creature on the back. And in this case, it's Gotsoff Hollower, Creature Werewolf. He's a 3-3 that has Intimidate. And at the beginning of each upkeep, if a player casts two or more spells, transform him. So let's say I transform him, I bash you for three, and you're like, shit, I gotta do something, or this guy's just gonna beat me down all turn. So you play like a Llanowar Elf and, you know, a Sylvan Ranger or something. So that's two spells. So then I have to transform him back into the little 2-2 Shepherd again. So anyway, that's I, I didn't want to go I don't want to go too far into this. You can go to the site, you can read how it works. What are your thoughts, Wally? 
I like it. I mean, I think people are mostly freaking out. Like, there's been a lot of talk about, like, oh, how do you how do you hide it in draft? Well, I mean, there's there's two there's two thoughts here. Every pack has a two-faced card in it. That's what Mark Rosewater said. Every single pack will have one of these cards. Yeah, go through that really quick. So, basically, what this the, these double-faced cards are going to replace a common, right? Yep. Right. So. And they're, they're, they're in all four rarities. So you can get a common, an uncommon, a rare, or a mythic. And they can also right. be foil, right? Right, yep. And the, they, can, could, they can be yeah. foil exclusive of the regular foil in the pack as well. Yeah, I mean, so uh, we're talking a double-faced foil, yeah. too. So none of that funky warping, because it's going to warp in both directions yeah. and pull itself flat. Yeah. So they may have stumbled me on foil, finally. So... But this There's going to be one. You're every, you know, if you're drafting, you know, you're going to get to see it. But everyone gets to see it at the whole table. Yeah. And then if you pick it, you know, if, you, if you're first picking it, okay, you know, set your hand on top of it and pass the rest of the deck. But people are going to know you took it, and it's fine because everyone has the same advantage. They may not know what it is. If you're quick and you flip through and you, like, pull it to the front real quick and you look at it and you set it down, they may not, they won't know what it is. They'll know you took the two-faced card, but, you yeah. know. At that point, everyone has the same information. Well, as a, as a counter-argument, too, and, like, you should be a monster to talk about this, like, yeah, take that sucker, like, slam it down in the middle of the table, and it's, like, it's totally a signal. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I am green. Yeah, exactly. And, like, you know, because you're not... Green. No, so like, And then even, like, the blue one is, like, bonkers. Good, I love that yeah. blue one, but... And, like, you know, strict but, drafting. Like, you're not supposed to talk at all. You're not supposed to reveal your cards, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, Epidem is, like, you know, it's a little more relaxed. But, you know, I like to draft it strict. But, like, you know, so it's hard sometimes to give signals to, like, newer players or, you know, less experienced players. But this is a way to be, like, stay the, out of green. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I will cut you next yeah. pack. When you, when you like, I'm either cutting you now or I'll cut you next pack. So yeah. it's like, hang out, take a different color, everything will be fine. Yeah, I mean, like, when your first three picks are all, you know, dual-face green cards. <laughs> Yeah, people will get the message real quick around the table. <laughs> yep. So. And I guess the issue there is at some point, people can cut you, and it's easier. Sure, But if you're sending a clear signal, then people are going to know what to cut anyway. Yep, exactly. So, so it's, I don't know, it's, and then online, it was funny, they're like, there will not be a way to reveal the double-faced card you picked online. You know? Yeah. So, so drafting online stays secretive. Oh, yeah, no, it stays exactly the same. Yeah, for but, sure. Which is funny because, like, they're like, oh, no, it's fine. And then it's like, you know, it's like, it's okay that everybody sees, but then they don't give you the option of, like, showing people online. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, which, which almost feels like they're, like, backtracking, like, oh, I guess we didn't really think about it. But obviously they drafted the set. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, I think and it's all going to be fine. It, so they knew, but it's just funny that they, like, it feels like they're backing up, like they weren't sure. Yeah. I mean, especially if you, if you play with, like, good sleeves, like, that are dark, like, it, you know, you can just play with a card. Like, it's just not a big deal, you know? Yeah, like, I, I mean, but it includes a token card, which sometimes replaces the land, which is fine with me. And it yeah. has a normal magic back. Yeah, so yeah, the front yeah. It has a list of every double-faced card. Sure. So you and just get like yeah, 10 yeah, of those check and you're it fine. Off. Yeah. And you can stick it in the sleeve or put it in your deck like normal if you're not sleeving your deck and leave the other card to the side. And you can hide it. You know, you can stick it in your box, stick it under some stuff. And so when you cast it, and the, the token card is used in any hidden zone, so your deck or your hand. But when the creature comes into play, 
and you'll play the creature card from outside the game and remove the token card from the game. Yeah. And yep. then if it goes to the graveyard, then the, the creature card stays in the graveyard because it's not in a hidden zone or if it's sure. in exile. Yeah. If it goes back in your hand, you know, then you, you re-sleeve the other one, so. Yeah, or just, you know, or just keep it in its sleeve and sleeve your double face card to penny sleeve because then you can flip it over when it transforms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff, you know, that, that get on the cat. I just wanted to mention real quick that this new, this opens up the possibility of opening, and they cover this on a couple articles, you could theoretically open a foil mythic rare. A foil mythic rare um, double face. Double face. And then a mythic rare in the same pack. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> so, the, basically the ultimate pack uh, lottery just went up dramatically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you open... Oh, here we go. Here's the spoiler of the day. The Garrett card in this set is double-faced. How about that? Wait, they spoiled that card? No, no, we just know it's double-faced. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know it's double-faced. Okay, I, I was like, he spoiled it? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm scouring right now. Like, we know it's double-faced because it's on the token card. Um, that's insane. Like, he's, he's clearly going to be the one of five abilities. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Guaranteed. No, uh, just for our listeners, like pretty much every time we cast, like within 15 minutes of ending the of ending the podcast, like there's like a major spoiler that happens. Like literally within 15 minutes of our last cast, like we found out there was double face cards, and I'm sure within 15 minutes of this cast, like the new Garrick will get spoiled. So. Yeah, or Liliana or something. <laughs> yeah, or Liliana or something ridiculous, and, and we won't be able to bring it to you, so we apologize. Yeah, I will be... If, if this happens, there will be an article. Yeah, you can check the website for articles, for sure. <laughs> so... No, I don't have a problem with Transform. I mean, there's design space for, like, sweet token cards, right? Because, like, you can just play with the regular card sleeve and have, like, the token of the Transform in the side, just, like build your own tokens, right? Or yep. just get eight of every card when you're playing in standard, like, sleeve them all up. Like, that's a little extreme, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there are ways to get around it if you don't, oh, I don't want to play with this token card, or oh, I don't want to have to re-sleeve my guy, I don't have to flip it over. You know, there are ways around it. Yeah. So, we already all play with tokens, and if you're playing a deck that takes tokens, then you should have them with you, you know, don't be using quarters and stuff or whatever, so. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I think I mean I think transforms me cool. I think it it makes um it's definitely like I I think they try to put like easy mechanics and hard mechanics in these sets. I think this is the hard mechanic um, of this set for sure. Um, I mean, uh, I mean like flashbacks obviously the easy mechanic like it's just easy and it re- like it rewards skill. And like re- basically remembering that there's a flashback card in your graveyard, <laughs> yeah, and like valuing it properly, or um, knowing your opponent has it so you can <laughs> plan ahead. Yeah, exactly. Like that's like the easy skill card mechanic. Uh, Morbid's like a little trickier. Like you gotta think about combat math and stuff like that. And then this one like just kind of like really mucks up the board a little bit. But I think as people get used to it, like it, you know, it'll it'll work itself out. Um, it's just kind of the the fact that like people getting used to it and counting the number of spells people cast. Like I'm probably thinking about using a die actually. Like if I'm playing cards with transform, like I think I'll literally use a die, like a big dice, like maybe keep it on top of my deck 
and like flick it over, full cast spells, like just like to start out with, just to get myself thinking about it, because I've never counted people's spells before. <laughs> yeah. You know, so like maybe that's just like a trick people can use to, you know, cust if you're playing with the transform cards to kind of get yourself in the habit, you know, of doing that. So. Yeah, there's one, uh, one transform called card symbolized scholar, and it's uh, it's essentially like a filter, right? You tap, draw a card, and then discard a card. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you discard a creature, untap it and transform it. Um, and this is a blue creature for two blue, or for two and one blue. And then it becomes red, which I just think is awesome that they're like changing colors. Yeah. When it flips over. Yeah, which makes and sense. Then it's a, it's a five one that if it doesn't attack, untap it. Yeah. Or, so, you know, tap it, transform it. So it's just, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, so last week we talked a little bit about how we got the hint on flavor that they were going to be putting, like, famous, um, like, horror themes and horror, like, heroes, if you will, into the set. And this is the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde card. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, the artwork is just awesome. Like, there's obviously, there's a scholar, like it says it on the card. (laughs) Yeah. And there's, like, this giant... I mean, it is a homicidal brute. That's yeah. the thing with a car. Yeah, I mean, like, the flavor is perfect. It's, like, you know, a scientist, like, smart blue creature, you know, that draws cards. And then it splits into, like, this 5-1. It's a 5-1, by the way. Um, red yeah. card that, you know, just beats and dies to anything, but, you know, doesn't care because it's super aggressive. Yeah. So, sweet flavor. And I love that he's still holding his cane. Did you notice that? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. He's, he's, like... They do a good job of making you kind of realize that it's the same guy. Yeah. A lot of the time. Yeah, so there's so. actually some sweet... Actually, while we're on it, I gotta get the other one. Um, where was that? It's a green card. Oh, no, no, it's, uh... Hold on. The one that knocks down his door every night. Here it is. So there's one called the Village Ironsmith. And he's one red and one colorless. And he's a human werewolf. And he has first strike. He's a 1-1. And at the beginning of each upkeep, if no spells were cast last turn, transform him. And his flavor text is, each night he abandons the trappings of civilization. Then he transforms in a 3-1 first striker werewolf. And it says, each morning he repairs the front door. <laughs> so it's just like it sets the stage of Innistrad in like this way it's like you know like this is normal like yeah every night you know I freak out and I become a werewolf and you know shit I gotta repair my front door because I knocked it down <laughs> yeah, I ripped through it to get to somebody yeah like it's just kind of like yeah it's, it's just normal stuff here on Innistrad so <laughs> yeah um, they also keyworded uh, fight which is when, like, you would, like, activate an ability. It's like Arena. That's right. I guess that's where right. it yep. would be one creature deals damage equal to its power to another creature, and then they get hit back by that same creature. Yeah. Cyclops Gladiator, I think, was the most recent card to have that. Uh, Which one? That yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it, it's cool because it, like, it's it's been keyworded fire, so you can say, oh, these creatures are going to fight each other, right? Which inevitably will end in a creature dying, right, which is another new thing that they keyworded, but um, it's it's pretty cool, and the, it's neat the way it works, because it's, it's not combat, like first strike, double strike, something like that doesn't matter, but death touch, lifelink matter still, 
that's still the creature doing damage. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, it's, yeah. uh... One it's damage, it's, take it's out a fun image, and it's on a transform card. Yeah. So, that's which awesome. is an archer when it's a human, so it, like, kills flyers. And then it's a 4-4 four four that hits anything. What color is that? Green? <laughs> yeah, green, and then you flip it, and it activates with a red. Yeah, yeah, it. Daybreak Ranger. Yeah, yeah. Daybreak Ranger, Nightfall Predator. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's definitely sweet. Too bad Daybreak Ranger wasn't printed when Squadron Hawks was standard legal. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a solution. So. Speaking of Squadron Hawk, I'm going to jump up to white and complain about this this card forcing Squadron Hawks out. Yeah, go ahead. I'm grabbing a drink, so you got to take it away for a minute here. Uh, okay. Uh, Mentor of the Meek is two and a white. He's a human soldier. He's a 2-2. Two -two. Um, he's a rare. Whenever another creature with power two or less enters a battlefield under control, you can pay one colorless mana and draw a card. I mean, instantly, just bummed out that Squatter Hawk is rotating because Squatter Hawk already draws you three cards, but this could potentially draw you seven cards, which is just, it's just bonkers. Like, it's so good. Um, it's gonna be awesome in white weenie decks, it's gonna be awesome in. I mean, I, I think he'll be good, like a Tempered Steel style deck. Um, just so good at drawing cards, which is something white, you know, traditionally isn't great at. But, um. Yeah, it's like one of the reasons good. why you pair white with blue, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you play white with blue because white's so bad at drawing cards and blue's so good at it. But this guy, oh, he's insane. Yeah, so let's go, let's just, uh,. Roll. We kind of covered the mechanics. I think people got a good feel for where we're at. Um, I mean, I think I, just to sum up Transform, in my opinion, like, I like it. I think it's new. I think it's innovative. I think once people get used to it, you know, it's going to feel normal, just like Planeswalkers, you know, just like Landfall and just like Poison. Like, we may not love it, but, you know, we'll, we'll learn it, and, you know, it'll be a part of the game, and pretty soon it'll just be second nature. Um, you know, so I just I hope that uh, more experienced players can take time to, you know, beat younger players with the mechanic, but then teach them, you know, how to use it and how to how to account for it and stuff like that. But I, th I think it'll be fine. And I think drafting, like you know, you just make your decision, like you hide it and, or you don't, and you just go with it. And <laughs> it's, I think it just adds another element to drafting, like another strategy element. Like, do I hide some of the cards or do I show them all? Do I, you know? I think yep. hiding it, you can do it. Like like Wally said, you, you know, you just flip through the pack and, you know, you can just, you know, there's ways you can do it. So, you know, maybe you just sleeve up every card you draft right away. Like, then they don't know if it was a double-faced or not. Like, and then you save yourself time you don't have to sleeve. <laughs> yeah, and you just pull out the back card. Yeah, so. So anyway, so let's get into, I think we had, we had a couple new cards we should probably cover. I don't think the Ludovic's test subject was out, right? No, that okay. was a card that they stole at PAX. All right, take also, it away. Also, I don't know if Dearly Departed was out. I'd like to jump on that one. Okay, yeah, white. sure. Yeah, yeah, take it away. Um, Dearly Departed is a four double white. It's a rare. It's a 5-5 five, five flyer. And I love this. As long as it's in your graveyard, each human creature you control enters a battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter. Like, it seems super good and limited. 
It's like, yeah, let him die. I'm just going to keep playing my 2-2s that are now 3-3s. Like, it just helps, like, all your creatures be better costed. Yeah. It's, like, almost, like, like I mean, it buys into, like, that mill strategy, you know? I'm like, hey, I'm just yeah. going to get this in my graveyard as soon as possible. Like, mill myself, you know, yeah. and then drop, like, Elspeth Terrell and make a bunch of 2-2s. Yeah. You know, or, or play timely reinforcements. Oh, and, man, that'd be awesome. You know, or make like a bunch of 2-2s. Germ tokens. And germ tokens with Mentor of the Meek, too. Timely yeah. reinforcements with Mentor of the Meek. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, although germ tokens don't work with Joey Departed. Yeah, but it does with Mentor of the Meek. That's right. That's right. Oh, so, God. I think we already, we already talked about Elite Inquisitor, right? I think so. Yeah, basically, I like the card a lot. I think it's going to be sweet and... Um, in sideboards, uh, it has vigilance too, which I didn't notice the first time. So it's like a beater. So you can like not only like play it out there and like stabilize, but you can beat with it too, which is awesome. Yeah, why would you ever play White Knight again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At least for a while. The, the black things that you're running into are vampires and zombies anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Um. Okay. So. The next card is, like, the Frankenstein card of the set, at least so far. So why don't you talk about the blue card, Ludovic? you want to talk about that one? Oh, yeah, Ludovic's test subject. It's it's an ag, right? So it's an 03 defender. Um, and I, this this feels like... It's a transform card. Huh? Trans- transform. Yeah, transform yeah. card. Um, and it feels like a leveler as opposed to the other transforms that matter if you play spells um, so you have one in a blue to put a hatchling counter on in it and then if there are five or more hatchling counters on it remove them all and transform it so this egg right this lizard it says uh, transforms into a lizard horror which okay it's blue and it has trample so let's get excited blue players <laughs> and it's a 13-13 and for I mean it's a 12 mana investment Okay, because it costs two to play. But over the course of turns or proliferating, like Yeah. For blue to have access to a thirteen thirteen that you don't have to like tap out to play ever. Yeah. Is ridiculous. And you can add counters to it on an instant speed. So like you hold up mana leak mana. They don't play anything you're trying, I'll pump my dude up, transform him into a thirteen thirteen, swing, good game. Mm-hmm. Equip him with a sword because he has trample. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, the fact you can do it at instant speed and um, proliferate in existing, which gives us probably, like, a shot at, at kind of being something cool. Yeah, kind of fringe, standard playable. Yeah, so, I don't know, like, I, I don't think, I don't think it's going to be standard play, but, like, it's a cool card, it looks fun, like, you know. Yeah, a cool, cool. note on Transform is that if you play, like, a clone, it doesn't gain the transform of the ability. So it just gains whatever is the face-up when you play the clone card. Yeah. So, like, if you wait for it to transform and then play your clone, it's just always a werewolf. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah, like, that is such sweet. a cool... Like, you play your phantasmal image. But it does have a converted mana cost of zero, so beware ratchet bombs. Yeah. <laughs> like... Buy it if you don't have ratchet bombs. Buy them now. Or like, pod to a birds. <laughs> yeah. 
Alright, so let's see. I think the next. We already talked about Blood Gift Demon. Oh, but Stitch Drake is something we haven't talked about. And when I saw this card spoiled, I instantly ran up to Trevor and was like, okay, I found your favorite card. Yeah. So. Limited for the set. And he's like, what is it? And it's a. It's a 3 4 flyer. It's a zombie Drake. It costs one and double blue. And. You exile a creature card from your grave, like you have to do it. Exile a creature card when you play it, but it's a three-four flyer for three. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, you get, the key is you gotta get something in your graveyard fast. Um, like there's gotta be like a good amount of one drops in your deck. Yeah, but like Wally said, I mean, it's super cheap. And then like, what's great about it is like even late game, this is a good draw because you know it's still a three-four flyer. And you know you're definitely gonna have some creatures in your graveyard at that point, so yeah. you know you'll you'll be able to to flip one out and and cast it for real cheap and, and maybe do some other stuff with your mana. So yeah, and Murder of Crows is a card that I don't know we've talked about, but it's it's essentially it's a blue Sarah Angel. It doesn't have vigilance. It's a four four flyer for five. Yeah. And whenever blue. a creature dies, uh, you filter so draw a card, discard a card, and you may. It's a may trigger, so it's nice. So, just another cool, yeah. awesome. Yeah, definitely. Like, blue, white, like, blue flyers, right? Like, yeah, I mean, not it's going just, anywhere. It's always good, and they seem to be continuing that in the set, so. Yeah. Um, did, did you see what the game day participation promo is? I think you... No. It's the Diagraph Ghoul. It's the 2-2 black zombie for one that enters the battlefield tapped. Oh, okay. I mean... Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, there's not very many creatures that beat for two on turn two. Yeah. I mean, Goblin Guide. But <laughs> bonkers. Goblin Guide beat for four on turn two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's bonkers, right? Like, he either gives you, like, he gives you more information all the time, but, like, there's there's a drawback. This is <clears throat> yeah, I think this one's worth it because it says zombie. Like, if it didn't say zombie, like... Uh, I wouldn't be very excited, but I think there's going to be some cool zombie interactions, so, yeah, I'm a little more excited about that. Oh, we lost Wally. Give me ten seconds here, loyal follow. And he's back. I don't know what happened, or where I cut out, so. Uh, that's right, I paused it shortly after you cut out, um, but I made sure I told all the listeners that this happened a lot, and you were pretty unreliable, and. Yeah, and if I didn't feed you content all day long, we wouldn't really have a show, so... Oh, no joke. If I didn't read Trevor's notes word for word, like, the only reason I'm on the show is because who listens to a monologue for an hour and a half? That's about true. magic. That's true. People would get annoyed in my voice at some point. Yeah, that's why I'm here, so I can be the annoying voice. Yeah. <laughs> the annoying voice's soundboard. Yep, this is what I do. So, uh... Basically, I was saying, I don't know when you cut off, so I was saying that the ghoul is exciting to me because it's a zombie, and I think that zombies will have some interactions that are worthwhile in this set. Well, we already have a bunch. we got to use, like, zombie lord. Yeah, exactly. So, like, that makes it a little more exciting. Otherwise, I think I'd be a little unimpressed, but, but yeah. you know, that makes it a little more exciting. I mean, this guy... And like he can't, like he can't. Guy like he can't attack anyway, right? On turn one, it's like it doesn't even matter. Yeah, like the deck you're playing this on, like you're just like turn one, two, two, go. Yeah, you don't care. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you're on the draw. You aren't blocking anyway because you want to beat, you know. So, 
So yeah, so definitely kind of solid. Is the card cool? Is the art cool? Uh, the game day one's actually pretty cool. Oh, okay. You'll have to um, send it to me. I'll put it on the show It's not super exciting. It's just, you know, it's a zombie. Yeah, it looks like it's something like a, I chick with a spear through, through it. Yeah. Through it actually yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, but no, the game day one's really cool. Okay. Um, send me the link and I'll put it in the show notes later. Yeah, it was the, the Arcana for today. I'll send you the link. So, um, so, so Wizards is definitely following through on their promise of, of amazing flavor, and I think the next uh, the next two vampires really capture that, and that's uh, the next Transform card, which is uh, Screeching Bat. It costs two cardless and one black, and it's Creature bla- Bat. It's uncommon, and it's Flying 2-2. Two, two. But at the beginning of your upkeep, you may pay two cardless and double black, and you can transform it, and it transforms into Stalking Vampire, which is a 5-5. Five, 5-5 five. Uh, five, five not flying, but 5-5. Five, five. So uh, this is the flavor text is, The bat has such clarity of hearing that simple sounds become symphonies, and then the vampire, each form she takes is an exploration of the senses. So pretty cool. Um, basically, you get to choose between a 2-2 two, two flyer and a 5-5 five, five ground pounder. Um, and then what's kind of neat is it's it's on curve, so you know you can play it as a three and then transform it as a four, you know. And, and then attack and with it because it's been in play for a turn. Yeah, exactly. So you, you, have have, you have a five five on turn four, yeah. which is awesome. I mean, it's the beginning of your upkeep, so you have to like you're a turn behind unless you ramped. Um, but you know you can it's like it's kind of like on on the on the scale at least. So. So yeah. Not really though, right? Because. Well, you can't do it on turn three and then turn four. Yeah, you can. No, because it's the beginning of your upkeep. Right, and you untap before your upkeep starts. Yeah, but you don't have four mana. Yeah, you, you can't play a land before oh, your upkeep. That's, that's, you got me. Yeah. You got me. Yeah, yeah. You have to play lands to get mana. Yeah, yeah. So. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so. Never chalice for one on turn two. <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, like, the art's really sweet. It's got, like, it's a picture of a bat, like, in the same background, and then a picture of, like, this, yeah, pretty hot vampire, actually. Like, She's not one. unattractive. Yeah, and then in the same background. I mean, not, like, Liliana Vess, but, you know, like... Don't get me started. Yeah, so... <laughs> um, let's see, and then let's keep going down. Red cards, we already kind of covered them. We have one green card, which Wally is kind of talked me into speculating a little bit on um, it's called it's Boneyard Worm it's one colorless and a green creature worm it's a star star power toughness and it's power toughness are each equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard so you know we were kind of bantering about it and Wally and my brother were pretty excited about it you know in Commander you know, I was like, yeah, you know, I could see that, but I just have better things to do, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, well, you know, then I, then I said the thing, well, you know, I don't want to just pay two mana and get a 5-5. Five, five. And I was like, well, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's exactly what I want to be doing. Yeah, like, that's actually a time of life. I mean, I'm, I'm commander, like, there's no way I'm doing it on, like, turn two, and I still say I have better stuff to do. Like, I don't even think people play time of in commander, like... No, right. but Commander's busted. Yeah, but Commander's just kind of a busted format. But anyway, but in this format, like, again, this is just another creature where, like, you know, if you're able to, like, flip over a lot of stuff in your graveyard right away, like, it does come down. I mean, you got to do it on turn one, obviously. But it does come down as, like, a, you know, could be a significant beater. Yeah. 
So, I don't know. Just It's a card that, you know, if, like, people are just throwing them on the end of the draft table, eh, maybe you scoop a couple up into your pile. <laughs> yeah. Because cards that have effects that pump them really rapidly and only cost two mana have been known to, you know, get some pretty good value across a lot of formats. Yeah, I mean, it's not wild Macau, right? Like, it's not, like, a 2-2 two, two on turn two. Yeah. You know, that leaves you two mana to do something, but it's good. No, I mean, yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go bonkers on it, but I yeah. will be tracking down foil copies of this in case it becomes a staple. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, like, we were much more confident about timely reinforcements, you know, being, like, a solid uncommon for $2, uh, you know, a uh, real-life plug there for uh, for Wally and I on telling you to pick it all up, and I hope you did. Yeah, because I, I bought a bunch of them at, like, 10, 15 cents a piece. Yeah, exactly. I had people just like, giving them to me at the end of, like, the first, like, the pre-release, the release, and the first couple drafts. I had people them up in front of me <laughs> because I was trying to track them down. Yeah. It was them. <laughs> So anyway, so yeah, so this card, yeah, so far, is our timely reinforcements of the set, but we were much more confident on timely reinforcements, so we'll let you know when it gets replaced. <laughs> uh, we kind of covered the other, a lot of the werewolves that transformed. The only one we didn't is the mayor of Avabruck. He costs one and a green. He's a 1-1. One, one. He's a human lord. He's a creature, human, advisor, werewolf. It's like the longest, like... Subtype I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, other human creatures you control go plus one, plus one. But at the beginning of your upkeep, if no spells were cast, transform him, and he becomes Howl Pack Alpha. And other werewolf and wolf creatures you control get plus one, plus one. At the beginning of your end step, put a 2 2 green wolf creature token onto the battlefield. Then again, if two or more spells were cast last turn, you can transform him back into the mayor. No, you can. You have to. Uh, you have to. You have to. That's right. Yeah, these aren't major. Yeah. So, so he's a rare. He's a rare lord. Kind of cool. Um, the werewolf is obviously better. Like, you want to transform him as soon as possible. <laughs> um, yeah. You want to be playing with sort of body in mind. And, and I don't know. I, not, my, my, not my type of card, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, this is the, the pre-release promo. Uh-huh. But it is a rare. It's the first time in a while, like since Mythic Rare, that our pre-release promo has not been a Mythic Rare. Yeah, so maybe we'll get a good. I'm hoping for like a rare. really good release foil, and I know they've shown it. I just don't remember what it is. Hey, we talked about this before, but what, so um, New Phyrexia was um, what was the what was their uh, Mythic Rare? Children. Shielded, pretty sweet. I mean, like you know, not standard playable, but uh, you know, definitely goes in commander decks and stuff, right? Yeah, but their rare was Frexian Metamorph. The rare was Metamorph, which was sweet. So let's call that a success, right? Right. And then let's go back to Miriam Besieged. Um, Glissa and Hero. Glissa and Hero. So the and, hero was a hit. Uh, hero is definitely a hit. Glissa, pretty much a miss. Although a lot of people play her in commander, like they're 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 the general in commander. Yeah. Um, was it, what was the other one though? Because that was in the same same thing. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the. Oh, the Mir- No, Mirror Crusader was the Biobox promo. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. I was not impressed. I don't yeah. think so. I guess we weren't impressed enough to remember it, so are we gonna call this one a miss? Although we did get Mirror and Crusader as a buy a box. 
Yeah, okay, that was good. And we also got the hero. Like, the yeah. promos in that set were a hit anyway, because we got, like, Black Sun Zenith as, like, the game day top eight. Yeah, so let's call that a major hit, actually, now that I remember Black Sun Zenith, which I still need to get my hands on a couple copies of that. That's, oh, I gotcha. It's awesome art. Anyway, yeah, I don't... I'm gonna look it up. I'll, you know. Okay, and Scars and Mirrodin was uh, Worm Coil Engine. Worm Coil which was awesome. Like that turned out to be pretty phenomenal, actually. <laughs> and yeah, Steel and Steel Guy, guy which was a, a big mess. So I think I think uh, it's got to be New Phyrexia though with Metamorph and uh, uh, and the other one. Children. Children. I mean that's that's pretty good. Although it's I guess. Really a good hit. <coughs> so. Back on track. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you have all your crappy humans out, right? To transform into something bonkers. <laughs> yeah. And you attack, and they're like, "Why are you attacking?" You got a bunch of crappy one ones, and they're like, "Oh, just wait, <laughs> just wait." And you play Moon Mist, which is Titanic growth essentially. It's one in a green. It's instant speed. Transform all humans. Prevent all combat damage that we built this turn by creatures other than werewolves and wolves. Right. <laughs> Hello. Like, awesome. Yeah, which I think is sweet because it also confirms what we were talking about last week in that the moons were going to play a prominent role in the set. In fact, this whole night and day mechanic, I, I'm going to take a little bit of credit for because, like, the whole moons theme is definitely present so far. Oh, I'm loving it. Like, the different color of the moon that they kind of prepped us for, like harvest moon, winter moon, summer, spring, like it, it's all in the cards. Like the werewolves are only like kind of behind like this orangish harvest type moon. The humans are all behind like this white moon, stuff like that. So yeah, the vampires is like yellow almost. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's cool. So it's, it's definitely cool. Yeah, so we kinda kinda nailed that one I think a little bit. <laughs> and I think we'll see more cards like this that are that are based on the different types of moons. Like I wouldn't be surprised if there was a way to like transform all wolves and you know, back to humans or something. Yeah. So I don't know. Well you just you just play another spell after you cast that one. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, Okay, boom, got you back. <laughs> yeah. Um Another cool card um, is Travel Preparations, and it was up. I don't think we talked about it, though. It's uh, one in a green. It's a sorcery, and it's put a 1-1 counter on each of up to two target creatures. And talk about an efficiently costed flashback. It's one in a white to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's funny. Like They've done a really good job of making their dual lands almost unplayable and limited because <laughs> all the tribes are allied colors. Yeah. And the dual lands are enemy colors. Yeah. Um, so it's been a really good job of like making me want to pick them up from limited players because they're going to value them really well. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just going to go to draft and draft uh, to draft dual lands, anime colored lands. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh man, no one's going to want to draft them, so like I'll just pick them up like fifth, sixth pick. I don't yeah. care. Like, <laughs> people don't rare draft that as much. So no, yeah, it's exciting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the the one next to it has sweet is like pretty cool art. It's like a total throwback to a circle of protection. It looks like circle of protection green is basically like walking around this guy. Yeah. It's kind of sweet. It's, the card's like a little bit unexciting, but uh, 
But yeah, it's it's kind of sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a subpar card, but it's cool anyway. Yeah, and like the humans, it's a, it's a creature enchantment. I mean, I don't know how exciting. Yeah, <laughs> the, the humans in the set are just sweet. Like they look like like I don't know. Like we talked about this before. I think but they look like pirate badasses. Like yeah, like colonists, right? Like yeah, tricornered hats and yeah, like big swords, crap like that. Yeah, I mean they're supposed to be like holy warriors or whatever, but they, they look like I don't know, like holy pirates. <laughs> yeah. Just, holy pirate. Yeah, and they have like sweet spears, and I don't know, it's, just, uh, it's super sweet. Like, yeah. if I could dress up like that, I probably would. Yeah, <laughs> we missed a uh, kind of a new card type. It's yeah. a uh, curse. Yeah. Oh right, right. We should, which yeah. uh, is like it's like a chant player, and and the one we got spoiled. We scroll up. Is uh, two and a blue enchant player, and they mill two during their upkeep. Um, which is cool. Yeah, it's the first time we've ever been able to enchant a player. Um, there has been, like, enchantments um, that just exist, and, like, they may affect a player. Um, but we've never actually been able to, like, curse somebody <laughs> yeah. uh, directly. The, the difference is that it targets, so, yeah. like, if, if they have stuff that prevents you from targeting them, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's bad. Yeah. But it's also, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's fine. Like, you can always target yourself. Yeah, so yeah, no, it seems uh, it seems pretty cool. Okay, we'll probably look forward bad. to more of those, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, what do you think of uh, our like the only multicolor card we have spoiled so far? <laughs> um, this is uh, it, it, again actually like, the only multicolor card in the set, yeah. by the way, because the the wreath and the blazing torch are on the other side of it, and their collector's numbers. So. Um. Again, oh yeah, good, uh, good catch there. Uh, the flavor is incredible. Um, very cool. Um, I'll, I'll read the card too. Uh, Olivia Valderan. She costs two colorless, one black, and one red. Uh, she's a legendary creature vampire. Uh, she's a mythic rare. She's a little bit of a bummer, but I mean, I think legendary creatures are they're kind of keeping it mythic rare. Uh, Jorkinine was not. Yeah, I guess Jorkinine and Lyra weren't. Eh. Anyway, so, who doesn't really feel Mythic Rare to me, but we'll let you guys decide. It's a 3-3 flyer, and for one mana and one red, she deals one damage to another target creature. That creature becomes a vampire, in addition to its other types, put a plus one, plus one counter on Vulduran. So I mean, literally, like, a vampire biting you and sucking your blood. Like, yeah. you turn it into a vampire, yeah, you, I get stronger. Yeah, exactly. You hurt a little bit. Like, it, that's exactly how it feels. Sure. And then the final one is three and black black. And these are not tap abilities. These are just mana abilities. So three and black black gain control of target vampire for as long as you control Olivia Voldren. So, um... Is this going in every commander deck I have that plays black and red? Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, super fun card to play with, really manipulative. Um, when am I going to play this in limited? Again, like, for sure. Like, mind control is a sweet card, and this is, like, it actually just turns into mind control on a stick. <laughs> um, yep. So, yes, like, the answer to both those questions are yes. And the sweet thing is, is in this set, there's going to be a lot of vampires, so you can just straight up start taking control of vampires. <laughs> yeah. You don't even have to shoot them first. <laughs> yep. Um, so... Not you wouldn't want to. Yeah, but, like, do I, I don't think this is going to ever be standard. It's 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 too small. Um, it costs too much. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's a 
I mean, it's a 3-3 three, three flyer for 4, which is awesome in limited, but standard is not enough. And then again, we've been playing 1-1 one, one flyers for 2 for the last 2 years. So. Yeah, they had more value built in for less mana. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so... But, uh, yeah, so, again, like, super flavorful card, super sweet card, um, Commander. I'm going to have trouble not calling this card Lady Voldemort, like, all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Lady Voldemort comes in. Lady Lady. Voldemort. That's actually awesome. I think I'll call her that, too, from now on. Yep. So, if anyone wants to ultimate card of her with, like, a snake face. So, we found out the text behind a spoiled art card, which is Creepy Doll. My favorite, that's an awesome song, by the way. <laughs> Jonathan Colton's Creepy Doll, look at it. Creepy Doll costs five mana. It's an artifact creature construct. It's indestructible. It's a 1-1. One, one. And then it's cool effect, because of course none of that's actually that impressive yet. It's whenever Creepy Doll deals combat damage to a creature, flip a coin. If you win the flip, destroy that creature. Yeah, I mean, so it's essentially it's a 50-50 shot that the creature's going to die if they attack into your 1-1. Yeah. And your creature's never going to die. Exactly. So if you don't have trample, like, it's almost, like, yeah, you just you just don't ever want to attack. <laughs> Unless you're going for Orbit. Sure, sure, sure. Unless you're going for Orbit. <laughs> but the, even then again, like, I have a 50-50 shot of activating my Orbit ability. Like, yeah. Not great. Yeah, yeah. So... But, have you read the flavor text on this card? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. my god. It's so good. A child's porcelain doll went missing one night, as did a pair of kitchen chairs and the town magistrate. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, alright, so creepy doll. Yeah. No, but if, if you haven't listened to the song, um, you should. It's hilarious. So. There's a lot of artifacts in the set. Holy bonkers. Dude. Um, Is there? I can't, I can't see the, uh. Uh, Blazing Torch, uh, collection number 216. Um, Wooden Stake is 237. So, 21 on artifacts. Whoa. No, all the lands. No, because that's before the lands. Oh, you did it before the lands. Yeah, yeah. so 16 to 37. Because there's 64 cards in the set, which is huge. But like, oh, right. I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's just, it's a big, I mean... Okay, it's not a lot of artifacts. We just came out of, like, artifact block. Yeah. Like, no, it's a good cool. amount, though. I mean, it's, like, what, 20? 22? 21. 21. 21. I mean, that's still... I mean, there might I mean, be one before a Blazing Torch, sorry. too, so... Yeah, it's awesome. I know there won't be one before that, sorry. But, yeah. It's still a good chunk, so... Yeah. Um, which brings us to the most exciting card so far, for me at least. Um... And that is the enemy color dual lands. Would oh, we I thought you were going to talk about the other land first, being your mo- the card you're most excited about, but I'm with you. <laughs> I'm a little bit excited about that one, but we'll get to it. Um, enemy color duels, which kudos to Wally. He's been uh, trying to convince Wizards to get this put in there forever. Not saying he did, but he's been telling me they're going to have enemy color duels in M12, and then he told me they'd have it here, and he was right. Especially because in a tribal, or not where the tribes are all, like, ally colors. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's ridiculous. Okay, continue. So, anyway, so, no, just, I mean, I don't have much else to say. I mean, they're lands, they're rares. Um, like, they're there's just a red like the M10, like the corset duels we have now, where if you have 
you know, a land type of like that that produces that man that comes to play untapped. Yeah. Um, so for anyone know, listening or like doesn't know what enemy colors are, you can look at the back of your magic card actually, and like there's the little color pie, and so it's the ones that are across from it. Yeah, the so ones like, that don't that aren't right beside it. Yeah. So the first one is cliff top retreat, and it's red and white. So if you control a mountain or a plains, this enters the battlefield untapped. Um, if you don't control any of those, it enters the battlefield tapped. Um, it's the same thing for all the other ones. So the Hinterlord Harbor is green and blue. Uh, Isolated Chapel is white and black. Um, I think they did a great job flavor-wise again to kind of like match the card and what it does with its name. They, they all do a pretty good job with this. Um, uh, Sulphur Falls is blue and uh, red. And then uh, Woodland Cemetery is black and green. And I think this is... Be- I think it's my new favorite flavor text of all time, actually. It's, it's, you texted this to me. Yeah, it's like. The card and I had to, like, look it up. Yeah, it like, was like. It was like, Trevor's freaking me out. Like, he's talking about stuff dying and, like, cutting down trees. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just texted, I just texted the flavor text to Wally with, like, nothing else at first. Uh, um, and then it was like, and then it was like, pumped for Innistrad. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, alright, Trevor's in a dark place right now. So, I think it just captures, like, this whole morbid, creepy, horror theme they're going for. And it's, farmers cut the trees and buried the dead. The trees rose up, or the dead rose up and killed the farmers. The trees grew back and strangled the dead. And it's just like this cycle of, of just who rules and slowly killing, and it's just kind of like, <laughs> and the, the card looks creepy, and it's it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So the other ones are, are good, but I don't. They're not as they're not as great as that one. But they did do a beautiful job with the artwork. Um, the Hinterland Harbor, I think, is really sweet. Um, it's supposed to be, like, this kind of little bit of a sanctuary away from, like, the rest of Innistrad. Um, so that's, it, it's done pretty well. Um, and so is, like, the Clifftop Retreat. And then the card right next to Clifftop Retreat is... Oh, amazing. Ghost Quarter, um, which is a reprint. Um, which I actually had to look up to be sure. I thought it was, but it was 100%. It was reprinted before this. It's an uncommon land, and you add one mana to your mana pool uh, for tapping it, or you can tap it and sacrifice it and destroy target land. Its controller may search his or her library for a basic land card and put that on the battlefield. Not tap, mind you. So, you know, if you destroy an untapped land, they get to bring one onto the battlefield untapped. Yeah. Um, then shuffle his or her library. Um, and in fact, in theory, you could even do this to destroy your own land. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, like, like, if you're flooded, like, if you have a bunch of white and you need a green, like, yeah. blow up a plane. Exactly. In, in fact, we talked about this a little bit in Bantpot. You said, like, there's been a lot of times where I just don't have double white. And I actually thought about it. I'm like, oh, like, that could actually, you know, you could, like, tap everything out, you know, tap like a forest, you know, then ghost quarter the forest away to get white and then tap that and, you know, have your double white, so. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, I don't think you'll be doing that as much as, you know, you'll be killing their stuff. <laughs> um, but, yeah. like, Tectonic Edge is rotating and the man lands are rotating, so, like, a lot of the reason to kill, um, you know, lands are, are kind of going away other than well, just... Inkmoth Nexus. Yeah, other than Inkmoth Nexus is what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, I'm like, this is obviously an efficient way to do it and keep a little bit of parity. 
Yeah, and I mean it's you're setting yourself back on lands because they you know they get to replace their land and you don't. You're just losing it. Yeah, but I'd, I'd rather them have a, a swamp than a pink moth nexus any day of the week. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So unless they need double black. <laughs> yeah, so like, you know, there's a, there's a it's just a good card. It's a good replacement. Like uh, Tectonic Edge was right for the format that it was in. Um, and this card, you know, hopefully will be right too. And like right now, all we have is like duels and Ink Moth Nexus. So, you know, for what it is right now, it's going to get the job done. Like it had to be in here, otherwise, Ink Moth Nexus, you know, would have gotten a little bit too powerful, I think. Actually, I know it would have gotten a little. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they needed some sort of destroy effect. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what, this was a good one. What's now is. Once this rotates, um, we won't have any fetch lands. Because Terramorph Expanse and Evolving Wilds will rotate because Terramorph Expanse wasn't reprinted in this well. That's true. I didn't think about that, but that's totally there, true. Yeah, there will be no way to fetch basic lands other than Ghost Quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ghost Quarter could be a fetch land, but it just costs you two. Yeah, but that's true. Play untapped. Yeah. Cost you two lands, but comes into play on tap. That's I mean, I don't know if that's what they were thinking when they did it, but that's what I'm thinking when I read it. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. So a lot of a lot of cool mechanics going on with that card. Um, things you can you can kind of work out. Um, so we in um does Deceiver X are the taps are on taps target permanent, right? Or is it non land permanent? Permanent. Permanent. Okay, so you could theoretically like. You know, cast it. You know, untap your ghost quarter, and then like sack another land, bring that land into play, like untapped and birthing pod your deceiver X away. Um, I mean, you could, yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, the ghost quarter. Yeah, I mean, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Do some fun stuff with that. So I mean, you could do it anyway without ghost quarter, I guess. But uh, but anyway, just kind of. Yeah, because you can just untap your land. Or yeah, fi- it, fixing but, mana yeah. or something though, if you need to. So yeah, so um, you know, Indestrad looks pretty sweet still. Uh, flavors are ruling as it should, as they said it would. Um, super excited to get enemy color duels. I think that's, I think that's still the highlight of the set for you, right? Yeah, I mean mostly because I'm, I've been ready for them. <laughs> uh, just, I mean, at this point in standard, we have both sets of course at dual lands. The man lands. The crappy Zendikar ones again, you life. And then the Scarlet Mirror ones. Yeah. I mean, they've been one, two, three, four, like five different ones printed that are currently on standard. Like, not different, like, because of course that ones are the same. So you have four. So you're on 16, like, blue white duels. But you can't run a black green one. But now you can. In October, it's on. I'm excited. Black green burning pot, here I go. Yeah. <laughs> So, yes, I think that's what we're most excited about there. So, um, yes, so let's uh, let's finish up a little bit uh, here, wrap it up, trying to go too much longer. But basically we want to introduce you guys and hopefully maybe sell some of you Lake Geneva locals on uh, this sweet idea uh, that I kind of borrowed, adapted a little bit to, you know, what we could do um, from some article I read. I can't remember where it was. But basically... We kind of think it'd be really sweet to start a league 
and we're definitely going to do one with our playtest group, and we hope Lake Geneva Games can do one if they get enough interest, which makes basically is like you guys coming up and being like, yeah, I want to do this. And the idea behind the league is is that, you know, maybe two times a month, so let's say like second and fourth Thursday of every month, um, you get together for the league and you play. But the way it works is, is when Innistrad is released, uh, you split up into different divisions of six people, and you crack a whole box. And then you lay out that block, box on a table, and you stamp all the cards with a little stamp. And then you basically draft those cards, like, fantasy football style. So, like, I'll have the first pick, and then I'll go, like, all the way down the row, and then all the way back up, and then I'll pick again, and then I'll pick again. So it's like a snake draft style. It's like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and 1, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then you build a deck. So, you know, like let's say I have the first pick, so I look at all the cards, and, like, maybe we were lucky enough to crack a Liliana in our box, so I'm like, yeah, you know, like, I want to try out her, so I'll draft Liliana. The guy behind me is like, well, I want to go in black, because he's, you know, looking at black, so I'll take that Garrick. And so on and so forth, and you kind of all, you know, draft, you know, the sweet deck. And then what you can do is throughout the season, when you guys meet, you can meet and you can trade cards as long as they're only within that division of cards you opened. So you do that, you play, and you, you have 40 card decks at this point, and it's just sweet, like it's fun. You play it out for a couple months. New set comes out, uh, Dark Ascension. You do the same thing. You crack a box, uh, you add all these cards, and then you draft them again. So let's say you have a kind of a blue-black deck build. So you go into this new set, and you continue, and you draft more blue-black cards. Maybe you take, like, a powerful white card to trade to somebody else, blah, 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 blah. And then you keep playing, and you kind of do this every, and then you do that for the third set as well. You keep uh, tally running throughout the whole year, and your points basically determine how many prize packs you get at the very end. And then you're, and then there's like a final tournament to decide the league champion. And this runs for a whole year, super casual. And if we get enough people to do it at the store, there's going to be some pretty massive prize support um, for anyone that participates. You there, Wally? Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited. I like the idea of, and I don't know if we would run it this way. I think in the uh, in our play test, the Ronin group, we would have to. We'd have to just given how competitive we are. But trade cards for pick cards for picks, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you could probably well, do I that. I really want your Liliana. Do you want my first pick in Dark Ascension? It's like yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you have to keep track of it on like Excel spreadsheet or something. But yeah, that wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, I mean, I just think that'd be a fun, interesting way to do it. Um, yeah. So I'll play I mean, I, and it's you know, it's it's probably, I mean, even to run it like for those of you that aren't that aren't local, um, to run it among your play group, you know, you could just say we're gonna buy a box together of each set and pay, you know, what fifteen bucks a piece, mm-hmm. right? Gets you to ninety, which is pretty close. Um, you know, so say twenty, twenty bucks a piece. Buy a box, just draft it, play. You know, you don't have to give each other prizes. Just draft and trade and play and build awesome decks out of each set. And then, you know, three months, four months later, three months later, spend twenty more bucks a piece. Same, you know, just like buy one less pack a week for a month, and you have your twenty dollars to buy like to buy six packs. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's awesome. I mean, everyone's gonna get, you know, 
has has the option to get six rares, right? Except for maybe more because of the double sided cards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, probably more in, in the first set at least. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I think, I think it's, 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 it's a pretty. It's it's a fun it's a fun way to do it. You know, if you have you know five really good friends you like to play magic with. It's, it's just another, you know, you don't have to play standard. You don't have to draft every time. Like, you're like, oh, let's play our league decks tonight. Yeah, and what's what's pretty cool we talked about, too, is that at the end of it, you pretty much have, like, a block-constructed deck. Yeah, um, yeah, your block deck is done for when block rolls around. <laughs> yeah, so it's, like, I've never played block just because it's such, like, it's only played, like, at one Pro Tour and then, and then like, not at all, and, like, maybe a GP or two. Yeah, there's like um, no PTQs that are block really, right? Like yeah. just the pros get to play block. Exactly. So this is kind of a fun way to to play block and kind of play some cards that we'll see play in standard, but just haven't had their day yet. Um, for example, like Consecrated Sphinx and Pure Steel Paladin only gained popularity after they saw some play in block tournaments and people actually realized how powerful they are. So playing like this will actually allow you to get ahead on the curve. You know, as your decks get more and more powerful within, you know, each increment, you know, of, uh, of set being added to it, by the end, you'll you'll know what all the powerful cards in the set are because you've literally played all of them. Yeah, I mean, and there's an, in, an investment on your part. Like, if you open a bomb in, in League, you know, you, you, can't, you can't sell it. You can't trade it out uh, for, for value. You have to trade it only with, you know, the other five people in your division. Yeah. But you can, like, so, sleeve it up in a standard deck, too. Like that, you know, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, it's your card. Yeah, yeah it's your um, card. Just, just make you sure that it's back for Elite Knight. Yeah, exactly. So, But anyway, so I think this is just kind of a cool new format that we're going to try to push. We're going to try to see if there's enough interest. Um, I mean, we're all fantasy football nuts, so that's part of the reason why we like this format, is it's kind of like it combines magic with kind of long-term management strategy, you know, managing your deck, <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, like drafting strategy and all sorts of fun stuff, so. Uh, Not only that, but three times a year you sit down and crack a box with your buddies. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you're, you're just, you're, you get to open packs with your yeah, friends. for sure. Not, I mean, you're drafting, but you're not sitting at a table not talking, passing yeah. cards to the last passing I mean, cards to the right. Yeah, I mean, that's what we, we, like, get together every time we crack boxes anyway. So doing this is just, like, makes it cooler. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it gives us something else to do. Like, well, like instead of, like, sitting in a pile or drafting or just been like, oh, we won this box, right? Like, like all the two of us top, so we just split the box and yeah. we sit in there and crack packs, like, just because, like, there's cards you're looking for. Like, yeah, I yeah. have a reason to, like, there's another reason to... Open a box. For sure. And um, so, uh, you know, I don't know what the official word is from the store yet, but, you know, we're, if, I think, you know, I think we'd be pretty, I shouldn't say we, but Wally and Jason might be pretty open to the idea of if there's enough interest, like this could totally, you know, be happening around like Geneva Games and, and then we get some prize support behind it. Is, is that too early to tell or what? Um, it's, it is, it's probably a little early. Um, I can't, I can't say that. Um, you know, if, if it's not something that the store wants to back, like, like I can put up the first box, everyone can buy in with me, and then if you want prize support every week, we'll just, like, chip in, and, like, the pool goes into, like, credit for the store. Yep. So, like, everyone pays, like, let's say, you know, we get the team of six, and everyone pays three bucks, and we have a, a six-man tournament every two weeks. And everyone pays five dollars, so there's thirty dollars. And so you say twenty for first, ten for second, and you get in store credit, and we know we'll just put it on your account. Like yeah. it's an easy way to do it. Yeah, for sure. So, 
So basically, really cool thing we want to share with you guys. Uh, we hope it takes off in popularity. Uh, we'll be playing during this Innistrad block. We'll be letting you guys know how it's going, how the league's going, who's doing well, what deck ideas are, are looking pretty sweet. Um, yeah, so and hopefully maybe you guys will join in. If you have any questions or stuff like that, just just email us and and uh, you know we'll we'll get all the info on you if if the store might adopt this at some point. So yeah, we're we're really excited. And if if you're not a local and you do this with your friends, let us know how it's going. You know, let us know what you're playing because God knows I hate coming up with new deck ideas. So if you come up with an awesome one, let me know because I am bad at magic. Yeah, so we're running short of time. want to get guys out of here, but uh, real quick, again, um, the Magic Celebration is September 10th, 2011, at Lake Geneva Games. It's free entry. Uh, you're guaranteed, just for showing up, you're entered in the event, and you're guaranteed a pack. So you get a pack of M12, guaranteed. Um, so just walk in the door, grab your pack, and, yeah. Have fun. You have to play. Yeah, you, uh, have, to, you, know, you, have, you to have to play. play. Yeah, you have to play. So, you but, but you know, I mean, you, you, yeah, your pack's free. Your entry's free. So, you know, if you lose your first game, just grab your standard deck and have some fun doing that. Yeah, well, um, you can keep playing. Yeah. So there's going to be at least three rounds, so there's a potential for you to walk out with, you know, four or five packs. Right, yeah. Every round you win, uh, you win another pack. So for free entry, you could possibly walk out with, what, four packs? Four or five, if there's. I mean, depends on the number of rounds we run. Sure, sure. So um, based on attendance, you could be walking out with five packs just for showing up and playing Magic for two hours. No, and what's cool is um, we're supposed to be getting, and I can't confirm this yet, but the story is that there's shirts coming. And there's, I know we talked about this last time, you know, a couple larges, a couple extra larges. It's for the first four people with the game that show up. And then if you have the game, the Duels of the Planeswalkers 2012 for any system, um, you can get a code for a new digital item. Don't know what it is. Might be a new car. Might be a new deck. Might be a new. They like, might get the foil added deck. We don't know what it is yet. But digital item in the game. Sweet. You get a code for it. Good and to know. They just yeah. So it's awesome. You know, free stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, already if you bought the Duel of the Planeswalker game, you spent ten dollars. You got a sweet game, right? And if you bought it for the Xbox, you got a nine dollar card. So you got a one dollar sweet game and a nine dollar card for ten dollars. Yeah. So anyway, so we hope to see you guys there, September tenth, twenty thousand two thousand eleven, at the Magic Celebration at Lake Geneva Games. Um, couple things to wrap up. Uh, there's a pretty funny article. We're not going to talk about it this week because we're just we're just totally out of time. Uh, but we're, it's on the show notes. It's on John Finkel and some hilarious dating situation. And the thing to take away with it is this woman is a stone cold pain in the ass, and she needs to open up her horizons a little bit <laughs> and realize that John Finkel is probably a millionaire and one of the smartest Easily. people in. You know, the magic community for sure, and, you know, maybe even, like, the world. So, you know, she needs to get off her high horse. But anyway, I don't want to get too far into it. We're totally out of time. Yeah. Lastly, no magic player. Oh, go ahead. Lastly, uh, we were idiots last week and totally forgot to tell you that we have our full website up now. So we really hope you can come visit us at www.manasculpting.com. Again, www.manasculpting.com. 
Uh, we're super excited to have the website up. It has articles by Wally and by myself. It has all our podcasts there. It has a lot of the deck lists that we play or that we use in our gauntlet. Um, it has uh, the store where you can buy all sorts of cards, and they have a very extensive buy list. Um, so please check it out. And, yeah, that's where you can find us. Uh, that's where you can find all the most recent content. And yeah, uh, check it out. You know, go to the store, buy cards, sell cards. I'm, you know, it's it's me. I got work there. I'll probably end up processing your order. There's like a <laughs> one in three chance it's going to be me. Yeah. So you never know. Yeah. So, uh, as always, um, leave a comment down in the comment section below, and you're entered to win a prize. Uh, so far, we've given out a playset of mental missteps. Um a let's see three planeswalkers four rares um and a foil phyrexian obliterator a foil phyrexian obliterator at the m12 pre-release i gave away a foil phyrexian obliterator Um, a uh a t-shirt uh from from our from our site and from lake geneva games and who knows what we're gonna give out next so if you leave a comment in the comment section down below let us know what you think uh, you'll be automatically entered to win the next item. Yeah, and who knows? All right. Thanks, guys, for listening, and uh, we hope you'll uh, we'll see you on the website or at Lake Geneva Games real soon. And remember, ladies, not all Magic players are basement-dwelling mouth breathers.